Hi, this is Steve Nerlich, and this is Steve's PhD, Episode 18, The Actual Thesis. So firstly, sorry, I haven't had much to say for a while. I think I'm now in that stage that most people call the writing up. Except, of course, when you do a thesis by publication, you're mostly writing up publications. To remind you of the tally again, I've got to do six, three are now in print, number four is with the publisher, which means it's almost done, number five is now with an editor, which means it's a bit done, but all sorts of fun and games may transpire as I negotiate the obligatory two rounds of reviewer comments. But for the moment, I'm just tackling publication number six, which is about 75% written already. However, I have glossed over an important detail here. I'm doing thesis by publication. So it's great that the publications are all lining up, but that's not the end of the story. If you just want to do a full thesis to get your PhD, then it's all fairly straightforward. You write an 80,000 word document. Of course, they've all got to be worthwhile words, and in the right order, and presented with consideration of the rules around what bits are your original thinking versus what's other people's work. So, if nothing else, in doing an 80,000 word thesis, you can expect that about 10,000 of those words will just be your reference list and lots of in-text citations. So those 10,000 words are not really your words at all. In any case, it would of course be kind of silly if getting your thesis passed was just about the word count. But at the end of the day, the word count does offer your thesis assessors a reassuring benchmark. They've got a difficult job on their hands to protect the reputation of the university by ensuring that you, along with all the other PhD students they have to assess, will only get a PhD if you've all been put through the meat grinder and that you've all experienced about the same amount of grinding. So the word count does offer a tangible and quantitative way to measure that. Because, unfortunately, there are no properly objective ways of measuring the strength of your argument or the depth of your investigative analysis. But don't get me wrong, the assessors really are going to need to be convinced and going to need to agree that there is a PhD level vibe apparent in your work. It's just that you'll make their job a bit easier if you also happen to deliver that PhD level vibe in around 80,000 words. So, choosing thesis by publication does make you a bit of a problem child. Six publications might sound like a lot, but your standard publication length is maybe 7,000 words. So six just gives you 42,000 words. And no matter how brilliantly articulated those words might be, it's going to be hard to sell the idea that it's enough for a PhD. After all, your thesis assessors are academics, and writing publications is what they do for a living. Most of them pump out at least two a year, in the midst of all their various teaching and administrative duties. 
So if a PhD student pumps out six publications in a three to four year full-time PhD enrolment or a six to eight year part-time PhD enrolment, they are likely to be left wondering what the heck you are doing with the rest of your time. So, as I've touched on before, this is where the exegesis comes in. It's an overarching framework document that will connect my six publications together and deliver what essentially is the thesis. Because the thesis really is what a PhD is about. Several years ago, you began with a proposal, a hypothesis. The university agreed that your hypothesis was an interesting idea deserving of further investigation. So, years later, the thesis is what you arrive at after that long and tortuous investigation is completed. It's not actually a theory in the technical sense, since the wider academic community hasn't gone over it yet with a fine-tooth comb to reach a consensus about it. But your thesis will have been peer-reviewed by your thesis examiners, who have the reputation of their university to think about, so they'll certainly have their fine-tooth combs out. Anyhow, if you're going to do a thesis by publication, you have to draw all the publications together into one coherent story and then be able to tell that story straight up. Not only in a three-minute thesis, but also in one brief sentence. So yes, it is great that I've pretty much done six publications, but now I need to do something equivalent to a seventh publication. Mind you, I am kind of hoping my 42,000 words of semantically constrained and meticulously structured publications will be overlain by an exegesis which is full of generously free-flowing narrative. In other words, that it won't take nearly as long to write, even though it will probably be longer than any publication I've done in terms of pure word count. At this stage, I'm thinking the final holistic product, the thesis, will be in the order of around 60,000 words. 42,000 words from the publications and about 18,000 words for the all-connecting exegesis. So, with fingers crossed that the assessors are going to be reasonable about this, the exegesis is now what I'm focused on, which will deliver a holistic and internally connected thesis. As an early step, something my supervisor has asked me to do is to write a thesis abstract. Hence, I checked out a few theses in the university library, found most of their abstracts went to about 500 words, so I started pulling all the ideas I've gathered together over the last six years or so into a concise 500-word statement, and no, that's not what she wanted at all. What she really wanted was about 100 words, just the bare bones. Indeed, one coherent idea. Just, you know, the thesis. And I think what she's trying to tell me is that sometimes you have to stop yourself from wanting to impress people with how much work you've done and instead focus on the vibe of the thing, glossing over all the detail and getting straight to the point. That way, everyone immediately knows what you're doing and if they then want to hear more, you can start impressing them with all the work you've done. 
So what my supervisor is really saying is that one, I have to deliver a holistic thesis that has an 80,000 word equivalence, even if it isn't actually 80,000 words. And two, I also need to have a 100 word abstract on hand and indeed one single sentence. What she's really saying is that it's time to start telling people what my thesis is all about. Like, it's time. Now. Like, right now. So, okay, my speed dating one sentence description is My thesis identifies what the return on investment is for Australian university students who study abroad. Like any good speed dating statement, that should then prompt curiosity. For example, well, what exactly is the return on investment for Australian students? And what exactly is the investment? So, why don't I just answer that by telling you what my 100-word abstract is. Australian university students have been studying abroad for decades, but recent years have seen a substantial rise in numbers due to greater promotion and funding support, both from universities and government. An investigation based on data analysis, literature review and a national survey of Australian university students identified that in many cases, studying abroad was promoted as delivering largely generic benefits that had limited integration with domestic course curriculum, with the exception of student exchange programs. Recommendations are offered to enhance the relevance of studying abroad, to enable students, universities and governments to gain a better return on their investment. That was, by the way, exactly 100 words. I like nailing these things. And if you're keen to hear my three-minute thesis, it's way back on episode 8 of this podcast series. And I think what's there that I said in 2013, still stays pretty true to where I am now. And yes, it was exactly three minutes. And if we imagine for a moment that you liked my speed dating approach and decided to buy me a drink, I might get chatty and add a colloquial flourish to my presentation by explaining that here we are virtually bribing students to study abroad really just for the sake of getting the numbers up. But if we could instead establish more relevance with course curriculum, as well as convincing employers that a studied abroad graduate is a genuine asset, then I think we'd find students queuing up to study abroad and clamouring for their university to establish more and more programs. Under those circumstances, the funding that's available could instead go towards helping disadvantaged students access the same opportunity instead of it going towards subsidising lots of students who would probably have just gone anyway. So yes, that's my thesis, and now I've just got to write it up. Thanks for listening. Steve Nerlick, PhD Candidate.